Welcome to the Choose Love Movement podcast. This is Scarlett Lewis, founder of the Jesse Lewis Choose Love Movement. And I'm really excited for our episode today. Let me set it up for you. (laughs) I am sitting in the Hamptons with my mom at a friend's house, and it is overlooking a gorgeous bay. It's an absolutely incredible day with birds flying overhead, fluffy clouds, gentle lapping of waves, which you might hear in the background. And we're having another one of our conversations that we wanted to invite you into. So welcome. We were just discussing courage. Fancy that with the Jesse Lewis Choose Love movement. (laughs) And something that we have to remind ourselves of uh, pretty pretty regularly to have courage absolutely yeah absolutely how important it is yeah because we know that science tells us courage is like a muscle and we have to practice it to strengthen it isn't that wonderful that we can Mm -hmm. because we need courage in almost everything that we do every day especially these days Mm -hmm. even simple acts of courage where you think where you think it's really not that big a deal but you know uh, standing up for what is right and even just a very, you know, seemingly inconsequential incident can be uh, very important to the people that are involved to see you standing up and, and to yourself too. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a very important value. Yeah, I was wondering what you were going to be talking about just then because I thought you were going to be talking about paperwork. I am. Yeah, that's next. Yeah, see, I'm the courage to do. It. Yeah, the courage to do paperwork. What paperwork? Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, well, so um, we were we had been discussing how I just have actually bins full of just scraps of this and that, uh, quotes and pages from books, and uh, you know. Uh, I don't know, just different things. Um, Letters, cards, yeah, bills. Yeah, pictures, uh, just everything that I have to file. And I do file every little thing. And then I also have journal entries that I want to have time to do someday. And I haven't, so I just write them down on a scrap of paper. All that kind of stuff has to be filed. And I was telling Scarlett how I was beginning to get really anxious about it because, I mean, the dining room table is is covered with about six huge bins and then i have four on the floor that are waiting to be filed so i was beginning someday i'm just gonna walk in the house and it's gonna be like floor to ceiling bins (laughs) and there's just gonna be a little path i thought you were gonna say you're gonna walk in the house toss it all outside and burn it i mean i'd probably (laughs) never miss any of it Uh, that comes later yeah (laughs) but but i was saying to her after she had done havening with me and i i don't know if this is a consequence of that but it it was interesting that it came after that 
um, havening a trauma technique. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested, go back a few episodes to Dr. Steve Rudin. He's one of the founders of havening. And I'm just, I love havening as a trauma technique for all ages. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and I do think it's why you came to this conclusion one day, looking at the bins. Yeah, you're probably thinking, well, what's trauma got to do with filing? But it actually had amounted to that because it was just... Because it was just so much. And trying to fit that in with just daily life. Anyway, I was starting to feel anxious about it. So on one particular day, not a few weeks ago, um, I just said, what am I afraid of? What's what's causing all this anxiety? And then I remembered the episode uh, in Alice in Wonderland when she's being chased by a deck of cards. And it's like being chased by soldiers. I think they have spears in one hand. Mm-hmm. And um, she's chased. She looks horrified. and Running, running. Running from them. And they're right on her tail. And finally, she just stops and turns around. And she says, what am I afraid of? You're nothing but a deck of cards. And she just takes her hand and pushes them. And they all just collapse like dominoes uh, behind each other and become a deck of cards, right, in, in the thing. And so... I thought that's that's just paperwork. It's just paperwork. Do it when you can. You know, you don't have to feel anxious about it and and you'll get it done or you won't. You know, it just doesn't have I don't have to attach such negative emotions to it that hurt me. And Yeah, isn't it amazing how they can mount? Yeah. And really it is just a bunch of paperwork. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So that was one thing that we thought was maybe valuable to share with you. Yeah, I loved that. I loved that. In case you're being chased by a deck of cards. In case you're being chased by a deck of cards, right. How much power something can have over you. And you can turn around and literally put up your hand like Alice in Wonderland and say, Mm -hmm. stop, you are just that. And Mm -hmm. I choose to Mm -hmm. not allow you Mm -hmm. to have control over my thoughts that impact my feelings, that Mm -hmm. then impact my behavior and even my relationships. Relationships. Mm-hmm. I take my personal power back. That's that's a lot of topics we wanted to. One of them was personal responsibility. Yeah, that came out of that. Yeah, that we wanted to talk about today, and also the unplug. Yes. What Un- was that? Because unplug yourself from uh, from judgment from people who judge you mm-hmm. harshly, criticism, rejection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like the hatefulness unplugged principle uh, because we were talking about how you can, for instance, uh, a person can become dominant in your life in a negative way and how you just need to practice just pulling the plug on that, just letting it go. Scarlett, you would say cut the cord. Yeah, well, that has to do with forgiveness. Well, maybe this does too. Yeah. Well, you know, just forgive them. Uh, if it's a particular person and and just uh, realize it's probably done because of their own pain right like why would you treat someone yeah unkindly right or harshly yeah. or hatefully right the only reason you would do that that I can think of is because you don't feel good about yourself you don't like yourself or you're, as you used to say to me all the time, I would come home from school and I'd be crying because the girls had been unkind to me and, and, uh, 
you know, some sort of bullying mm-hmm. and it is bullying. Uh, well, unkindness. Mm-hmm. And you would say always your response was always the same. Mm-hmm. They're jealous of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I went on to think when other people were unkind to me, well, they're just jealous of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, yeah, and we were discussing that. Which today. may not have been 100% true, but it was definitely, it's definitely a reflection on the other person, person, not you. Right. And I think that if you, if we can get... You know, that's what we teach in the Choose Love movement is that when someone is unkind to you, it is not a reflection on your worth. It's a reflection on how they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's something going on in their life. Right. And you can even reverse that. I'm thinking now, if you feel that way about someone, Mm. you can, and you're aware of it, that you're kind of bullying them in different ways. Or you're being unkind, unkind or you have harsh yes. feelings or judgments judgment, about yeah. someone else. Mm-hmm. You can kind of think, wait a minute. Why? Where's that coming from? Yeah, where's that coming from in me? So it kind of works both ways. That's true. But I mean, as, as what we were saying was the unplug, uh, what would you call that? The unplug tactic, I guess, right? Yeah. To deal with that is just to kind of save yourself from it. Just kind of look at the source, what the reasons probably are. Uh, say I forgive you in your own mind because they're not looking for forgiveness and and just say I forgive you and go on with your life but unplug from a source that makes you unhappy mm-hmm. or, or seems to really just be nipping at your heels all the time with negativity makes you feel bad makes you feel bad about yourself yeah your life whatever just pull the plug on it with the realization that you that it's their problem yeah they have problems that's why they feel that way yeah and forgive them and maybe you know just hope the best for them hope it, hope they can work it out yeah I, I what I like about the unplug thing is that it's your choice mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. it means that you reach out and you pull the plug mm-hmm. and and that's empowering mm-hmm it is. And we're talking like pull an electrical plug because I'm just thinking now you could say pull the plug on a boat and it would fill with water. <laughs> you don't want that plug. <laughs> well, I was kind of thinking of pulling the plug from a speaker, from the back of a speaker and oh, shutting something X, that's off. That's even better. Turning something off. Okay, you know? well, well, mine was electrical because you pull the power. Ah, that's... You're disconnecting the well, power. Well, that's even more powerful, I yeah, think. Yeah, you're disconnecting the power they have over you. Yeah. Done. That's over. That's uh, out. That light's out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Pulling the plug of the power that they have over you. Mm-hmm. Giving them that power. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's mm-hmm. so good, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So just think yeah. about, think about, I, I, but you also have to remember that you don't want to do that just when you're having a conversation with somebody and you don't agree with them it's if an ongoing if it's if it's not kind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely right if it's a conversation that's not kind and lacks caring Mm -hmm. i i think what i was thinking when we were talking yesterday was that an ongoing situation that has caused you pain mm-hmm. and and you know and in pain and suffering and really when do you just say that's enough that's enough right and, and you just and, and it is enough and especially if you tried 
you know, if you try to, to reverse it and, and make things good and, um, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So then you just pull the plug. And that doesn't mean that you're, that you don't hope that things could change, mm-hmm. but you're not going to, you're not going to spend your energy trying to dig yourself out of a hole. And you you're know? not going to continuously allow it to yes, hurt you. Exactly. Yes. And to make you feel bad. Yes. So I think it's very positive. Yeah. And really, you know, when you think about it, if it's true on the other side, it helps them too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you just you're just saying, you know what, you just go on yeah. really hating me or whatever it is and as my mother used to say, have at it. And and but you're disconnecting. You know, you just don't need to be part yeah, of it. Yeah, I feel good enough about myself that yes. I'm not going to take punishment. I'm not going to accept punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. To make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um yeah. The other thing we were talking about was love versus hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was talking about my new friend, Molly Hudgens, uh, another actually um, um, episode of the podcast. Uh, she's an amazing person who disarmed a school shooter single-handedly mm-hmm. when he brought a loaded gun mm-hmm. into her school and then office mm-hmm. she's just amazing mm-hmm. uh, talk about courage wow. oh my gosh <laughs> right uh, just amazing <clears throat> she, she did it with love and compassion so uh, the first time I heard her speak it was through safe and sound schools the top school safety um, organization in the world run by Michelle Gay and she had texted me and said, you're going to want to hear this woman speak. And so I was just spellbound Mm -hmm. and I was hanging on every word. Mm -hmm. And then she said, um, what's the one word? Yeah. There's, she said a hundred percent of school shootings are preventable. And I was like, I've, and then I realized I've never heard anyone else say that, but me, mm-hmm. no one says that mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. me. Right. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And she said with one word. And I was, I literally sat up, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat and I'm thinking, I know those of you who've listened to all of these podcast episodes, I've been talking about this, but it's just, it, it amazed me. And she's like one word and I'm thinking I know the word I know the word it's love it's love and she said hope and I thought yeah yeah hope but then we were saying that hope is grounded in love Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it is I I guess you could go either way right You, you could you could say hope is is grounded in love and love is grounded in hope actually mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. connected because when you love it does give you hope and if you have hope you're you're able to love right? yes it's true you know so uh, that's a you know debatable question that probably isn't even necessary right because they're both good values and interconnected yeah yeah, yeah, really important. But that was amazing. And I was thinking when you said she just dealt with him with love and compassion, that that may have been the first time he had love and compassion. Felt Really felt it. Do you think? <clears throat> I know that he walked in conflicted. And obviously, or he would have just gone guns blazing into... Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. the school mm-hmm. so he like Adam Lanza did. He was vulnerable to yeah. um, maybe some wisdom, some help, yeah, some uh, clarification. Yeah, but even even Jesse drew a precognitive drawing right. that we felt like represented. Uh, Adam Lanza. Mm -hmm. We called it the angel and the bad man. It's Mm -hmm. in my book, but it doesn't describe this part of it. Um, Because when we blew up that picture, what what we deemed the bad man, um, we blew up that. Well, I'll just describe the picture. This picture is like a stick figure with angel wings by the way this was brought home in jesse's personal belongings from the school about about a few days after the shooting Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. and uh it was incredible i mean the stick figure was in the shape of a 14 it was the the uh, figure was in the shape of a bullet it had a little smile on its face Mm -hmm. it was just and and had the wings had the had the wings and it was facing um, what was clearly meant to be the shooter. Mm-hmm. It was also a stick figure, but the head was like a square, but it was a pencil drawing all just kind scribbled. of scribbled in uh, and filled. But then one of my friends actually um, was looking at it on her phone and she blew up the head, made it larger, mm-hmm. and their figures emerged in the head. Mm-hmm. So there was clearly like a, a, like almost like a demon type figure with a black, two black blunted wings. I mean, literally, this came out of this head. And uh, and it had a little face and a ball cap, and it was holding a gun and a phallic symbol screwing down into the head. And then in front of this figure, there was this this uh, almost angelic figure that, mm-hmm. that could not have been drawn. It was like a rubbing, mm-hmm. a very clearly defined face mm-hmm. with, a, with a halo and almost you know like a a, a robe mm-hmm. um with an arm extended in front mm-hmm. yeah really amazing mm-hmm. so it's called precognitive drawing it's actually a oh, field that's of what i was st- trying to think of yeah it's actually a field of study where kids draw how they're going to die i think it was started by elizabeth kubler ross the founder of grief therapy and i mean there's so many examples of this that it's no longer like uh, you know, a question of whether it exists, it does. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was pretty amazing. So I only bring it up because I think that, you know, he had those conflicting forces within him as well. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I've, I've even shared it in public and I've said, um, you know, I, I actually likened it to the thoughts that we all have in our heads. You know, the we have the the positive thoughts, and then we all have the negative thoughts. In fact, because of our our inherent negative bias, the majority of our thoughts are negative. Um, so, anyway, you know what? I'm going to insert something there too. Yeah, I, I know that that's a proven scientific thing. Uh, and I, I'll do a couple of things. You know, the the uh, gut punch thing what's uh, that well that the reason you have negative thoughts yeah sometimes it means when when something really great uh is happening and yet you will envision in your mind well how will i how will i work with this when tragedy strikes you kind of your mind kind of configures oh this can't last forever 
that we kind oh, of... Oh, right. When you're, you're yeah, when you're standing over your baby's crib yeah, and you have this incredible feeling of love and then all of a sudden you, you yeah. picture something yeah. tragic happening. Yeah. And it's called, and it was called a gut punch. Well, I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat the world to the gut punch that's going to happen to me because I'm already going to live through this experience. Yeah. That's kind of what that is. Well, we do. We, we think what if, yeah. what if, yeah. worst case scenarios. So that's the negative thing. But here's the other thing. And I, and I, I endorse that. I think maybe in a way that is a preparation, like, well, if the worst, if worst comes to worst, I can handle it or, you know, it probably will happen, but here's how I'll handle it. It probably won't happen. Yeah. And maybe won't happen. But the other thing is, um, when you start having negative thoughts and you're aware of it, you have the ability to choose, like using that word again, to just say, you know what? No. I'm not going to think that. Yeah. I'm going to think positive. And, and I was telling Scarlett, like, sometimes I'll think, well, I'm, you know, I, I can't even walk today. You know, I've got arthritis in my hips and, you know, just kind of all the stuff you pile on that could possibly be wrong. And then I go, no, no, I don't have that. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I can do this. And you just. I you, am those positive yes, affirmations. Right. And you I just, am healthy. I, yes. And yeah. you just turn it around and you, and it's a choice. Do you want to just kind of go, okay, you know, or not. Right. And, and talk I, about your knee. I love this. Oh, okay. Um, well, because I had slammed my knee into a table walking through the room and you wouldn't think it could happen, but I just did tons of damage to it. I don't even know what it was. The doctor never really explained it, but you know, but he did explain it to a certain degree. He did. I mean, I after had, I, taking I had, an X-ray, right? Yes, but he then he kind of like so. Who knows if this is true? And he was looking at an X-ray, which I didn't understand. But he said you had a hairline fracture in my femur, and you know, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, know. I'm only laughing because you you just hit it on the edge of a table. I know it's terrible. I know. <sighs> I know. And you messed up your knee, and he said you have to have knee replacement. Yeah, he said, oh, this looks like knee replacement to me. And I said, no, 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 no. Just, I was saying, I'm not going there. And then he said, well, okay, well, I see partial knee replacement. And I said, I, I don't think so. And he, and he was kind of finished with me with that. Uh, it kind of disgusted him. But what I did, I tried to use Louise Hayes' advice. In fact, I did use her advice. I talked Louise to, Hay, Hay House author of You Can Heal Your Life. Right, right. Uh, I always think everyone knows who she is, but yeah. they don't always. But anyway, I would just, I would rub it and gently rub it and love it and talk to the cells. And I still do. I mean, because it's not perfect even at this point. Oh, what? Right? Whoop, whoops. It is, it is perfect. It, is it just needs to be reminded to be perfect. Right. But I, I, I say to the cells, you know, we're all part of this. We're all one. We're all in this together, we're cells. We're all in this together. <laughs> we're all working together. You know, we're in this one wonderful body and you are fine and you are loved. And you're healthy. You're healthy. You can bend. You can walk. You're, you know, you're just fine. So, And it worked. It really it's amazing. did. Yeah. It really is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it did. And that's what Louise Hay says. You can talk to yourself. She says you can talk to your refrigerator, right? Yeah. And, you know, just say you're going to work. <laughs> I mean, you got pretty powerful vibes there if you can, right. but I do it. And I better washer. start talking to my dishwasher. Yeah. You I should, should have. Yeah, to the pipes in your dishwasher. Yes. That's great idea. <laughs> you're yeah. unclogged. Yes. I see water just running through you and all the stuff. I don't wash off right. the dishes. Of course, right we're not condoning you. not getting knee surgery, but no, we're just no. saying 
We're just saying what worked for you, which I think is absolutely amazing. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah, it is. It, it definitely is. Yep. Because you legitimately were hurt. And well, you I was have on an crutches. X-ray. Yeah, you have an X-ray I couldn't put it. any weight on it. Yeah. And when he said, they, he said the X-rays are showing that you have a hairline fracture in your femur, I thought that's the reason it hurt, like trying to put any weight on yeah. it. And, and of course, then he said, well, who knows? And I was like, what? I mean, you, you, this has come from an X-ray technician. This is what they saw in it. They are trained to see this stuff. And yet the doctor was going, ah, who knows? <laughs> Maybe because he just wanted to do the knee surgery. I don't know. And replace the femur, too. Right? <laughs> can they? Oh, yeah, funny. they can. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, but in that case, he would have agreed with it, right? But anyway, yeah. So I think that, po- how do we get off on that? I don't know. I asked you to talk about that. Positivity, maybe? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's good. And then we were going to talk about... Um, manner, manners, mm-hmm. and I know you always. I remember you always talking about the fact that there should be a class, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least one class per year, mm-hmm. where kids are taught manners mm-hmm. and sat down at a table mm-hmm. and taught table manners. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, know, tablecloth, yeah, uh, knife, fork, spoon, right. glass, napkin in your lap. I mean, yeah. whether or not you use it every day just to be exposed to it and just please and thank you yeah. and and this is delicious you know positive ways to interact socially and i think a lot of kids in schools do not know that i use kids and big kids synonymously it's true because it's true. because i know some big kids that don't have manners either oh, in fact true. i was out with a big kid that lacked manners mm-hmm. and uh i was trying to tell him diplomatically mm-hmm. you know to how to hold his fork and uh, I, I it's hard to be diplomatic in that but that mm-hmm. wasn't it is that wasn't going over very well and how to treat the waitress she's, mm-hmm. no she's not there to serve you I mean she is in a sense but you you're, know please and thank for her yeah, yeah yeah please and thank you go a long way yeah. you don't you don't demand yeah and uh, that didn't go over well and and just amazingly there was an article in the New York Times the next day that came out and said that high-profile um, Wall Street bosses took recruitees or, or people that were interviewing for jobs out to dinner to interview them over dinner because they watched specifically how they treated the wait staff mm-hmm. and and their table manners mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that went a lot further than than my opinion, mm-hmm. but I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And and in the article, I remember it said um, there was one interview where a waiter came over and just completely accidentally dumped oh. a dessert or something in yes. the interviewee's lap and the interviewee uh, was so gracious about it and had no idea that he was being judged. Uh, judged on that but he said oh no problem it's please don't even think about it and he was so nice that even though 
probably in an office setting interview, the guy would not have employed this guy because he really wasn't perfect for the job. He hired him because he just was so impressed mm -hmm. with how he thoughtfully responded mm -hmm. in that situation. Mm -hmm. And in showing kindness and respect, uh, helps that other person too and and it says so much about you yeah it does you know, it is it such really a huge does. reflection on you it is how you treat other people yeah it is and so, i always say that like um i used to say that to jt you know when the way that people treat you is not a reflection on you it's a reflection on them mm -hmm. so if somebody's not treating you well or nicely you don't have to take it personally because it's not mm -hmm. you can look at them and think oh I feel compassion for them mm -hmm. because if they're treating you badly there's something going on in their own life mm -hmm. <laughs> but again that brings us brings us to the first topic is after years of that or months of that whatever you pull the plug right exactly and, and you can still go away with the same feeling of compassion i don't say months or years i say pull the <laughs> i pull the plug now after uh, you get maybe one chance I okay don't know, right well, life is short yeah <laughs> well we know that actually so exactly yeah exactly well the other two things were the words and we were talking about this in the car the other day that you don't hear anymore common decency yes and common courtesy courtesy yeah so the common courtesy is just the please and thank you the graciousness to show other people and I mean, even pulling a chair out for someone, uh, opening a door for someone, helping take a coat off. Regardless of whether you're male or female. Yeah, regardless. Doesn't matter. Yes. Uh, you you had seen a sign, I think in a deli, oh, yeah. and it said, yeah. can I have a coffee? $5. And then the next line was, can I have a coffee, please? $2.50. Okay, yeah. Using please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And someone had just handmade that sign and put it up because they were so tired of being rudely shouted at. And they just said, you know, if you could use a little common courtesy, uh, you, it's cheaper. It was just, you know, kind of, it was, it was probably really sincere in, uh, intent. I'm sure. And, yeah. and how, talk about your experience this morning at the deli. Oh yeah. And I was thinking we had gone to a deli yesterday morning and the I I had said to Bob, you know, the people working in there were so sullen. I don't even want to go back. They were they were sullen, unhappy, no you know, just uh, acting very put upon to even get a bagel for us and I just thought, gosh, you know, and too bad it's the only bagel place, so we went back today. And I just thought, um, I'm just gonna try a different tact here. And so when we walked in, the, the woman that came up, I just, and, and this is smiling over a mask with your eyes, which I've learned to do. Right. So Try over smile, kind of? Yeah. It's kind of like just making your eyes crinkle Yeah. and showing a little, yeah. little compassion sparkle in them. And so I smiled at her through my mask with my eyes and I just said, good morning like that to her and I expected just to have coffee thrown in my face basically. I'm not kidding it was that hostile the day before wow. I just thought I just don't care I'm gonna go in and say that and she kind of began that her you know her demeanor began to kind of crack and she I don't know that she said good morning back but then I said um uh, well, you know, I'd like the bagel, you know, really seriously scooped and and blah, blah, blah. And, and she said, okay. And she just became kind. 
uh, I changed my voice and made it, you know, as if we were friends mm. and respected each other. Yes. And uh, I said, you know, I know she said, well, do you want the locks and cream cheese? And I said, yes. I said, well, I'm splitting this with my daughter. And, um, and she just um, responded kindly it was like her heart it was like she was kind of like afraid to show that side of her but when someone uh showed her kindness and respect um she returned it it was amazing i was so surprised i really seriously expected to be saying it to a very somber uh you know mean looking face yeah basically right and yet it it melted it you know, showing common courtesy a little bit more than common courtesy, probably. Yeah. Also some warmth. Yes. Yeah. So that works. So common decency is another word, and that's also what was shown, right? Yeah. And and I was saying to Scarlett, we used to hear that all the time. We used to say, well, they just have no common decency. And now you don't hear that because I don't even think people know what that means. What does that mean? It means... What should be common, which was which means shared by everybody, yeah, a, a feeling of respect and kindness toward each other, a common decency, right? You know, just to be decently nice to them, just right. you know, even at a minimal level, um, to treat other yeah. people the way you would with, like to be treated, right, with politeness, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, and respect, yeah. So those two words, I think, should be reintroduced into our society, even though they're old-fashioned words and. We used them all the time. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Because I, you can definitely see a severe lack of that today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In fact, the person that walked in after us to order bagels uh, walked up and said, I want 12 bagels. You know, it wasn't good morning or anything. Right. And I thought, well, that's why. This is what she hears all day long. Right. Sort of treating them as if they were just automatons, right. robots, and right. didn't have feelings and weren't really people. And um, so, yeah. Really common. important. Yeah, it is. And it makes you feel better, too, because you've made a connection. You just feel better. Yeah. It, it, and you've brightened somebody's day. Yeah. And you know that because they respond to you yeah. in a warm way. Yeah, exactly. So it warms you too. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is an equal exchange. Yeah. And it's so important. Yeah. So that could be taught, you know, that could be like also another class. Let's talk about what these two, four words mean and, uh, and then let's practice it today. Oh, you know what? That reminds me of a couple that went to a marriage counselor and, uh, they were having trouble in their marriage and she said, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. Um, I want you to leave. And, and for six weeks, I want you all to be as nasty as you can be to each other. Use all the words you want and just, you know, leave no stone unturned in unkindness and disrespect and um, and then come back. And so they did that for six weeks, came back, and they, she said, so how do you feel? And they said, terrible. I mean, it was awful, but we did it. You know, we managed to do it. And she said, okay, so the next part of the therapy is six weeks I want you to be as respectful and kind and loving to each other as you can be just practice it and um, they did they came back and she said how do you feel now and they said great it was really pretty nice you know it it was it was a, a relief and she said all right so she said that's the end of the therapy and they were like what 
And she said, because now it's your choice. How do you want to be with each other? How do you want to feel? And I, to me, I read that years ago, and I thought, how true that is. Every day, it's a choice. How do you want to treat someone? Do you, how do you want to make a relationship better? You know, isn't that simple? It's so simple. I guess simple isn't always easy. Right. But right. that brings us back to the core message of choose love. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> that that it's a choice when you mm-hmm. have some skills and tools and awareness it becomes a choice how do you want to be how do you want to show up yeah treat others the way you want to be treated the golden rule i mean it's that's right that's exactly right and if you think of love as the sun and the rays coming out from it being respect kindness warmth uh, you know all the all the things you would attribute to being a, a you know a kind person, empathy, compassion, um, opening doors. You know, um, courteous. Then, yeah, courtesy, being courteous. Yeah, and so it, it is. In the end, in the central, it is choosing love because mm-hmm. all of those values come from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's what they did. I mean, you can imagine the couple was like, yeah, you know, we can go home and just blister each other, each other with these horrible <laughs> words and throw them like darts at each other. And then the next time they had to really try, as you say, it's not always easy to uh-huh. be kind uh-huh. and respectful and compassionate and loving. And it worked. It was a choice. Right. Yeah. How did they want to live their lives? Right. Being sarcastic and clever. I always hate that cleverness where you get right. the, the barbed, you know, sarcastic right. things. And, and to me, they're not funny, you know, just say something nice. They're not funny yeah. when they're aimed at you. Yeah. Just, but I mean, it's meant as kind of a joke, but it's kind of, it is sarcasm. And I just think, eh, you can just say something nice too, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but um, yeah. I think it's a great reminder and a great way to wrap it up today Mm -hmm. is that you know remember the way you show up in the world and Mm -hmm. for each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is a choice Mm -hmm. so choose love (laughs) yeah every Every day day, maybe several times a day yeah absolutely in every interaction Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly all right well this was fun yes very much fun yeah thank you all for joining us and we will be back with another episode it's all part of us we can all choose love it'll lift you up if you let it in let the healing thanks for listening to the choose love podcast our positive empowering messaging is reaching millions of people all over the planet Join the worldwide movement to choose love. Our programming is in over 10,000 schools, homes, and communities across the country, in every state, and over 112 countries and counting. We're giving individuals of all ages the essential life skills they need to flourish. You can be part of the solution too. We have sponsorship opportunities available that help support us and enable you to share in helping create a safer, more peaceful, and loving world. Contact me on our website, chooselovemovement.org.